In the lush jungles of Panama, two adventurous Dutch women set out on a hike and vanished without a trace. What really happened to Chris and Lizanne? Join us as we unravel the enigma, exploring haunting clues, unexplained photographs, and the enduring mystery that has captivated the world. Someone out there knows the truth. This is the Mysteries of Latin America podcast with your host, Andrew Colon. Welcome to the Mysteries of Latin America podcast. I'm Andrew Colon, your host, and today I'm telling the story of two young women from Holland who went to Panama for some fun and adventure, but who were lost to us forever. The amount of intrigue and unanswered questions and twists and turns surrounding their disappearance and fate only makes the case even more compelling and ultimately heartbreaking. This is also a first for the podcast, as there really is so much story to tell to do justice to these young women that I've decided to make this story a two-parter. So make sure to listen to this one all the way through so you don't miss anything before continuing to next week's episode. I've called this episode Secrets in the Jungle, The Disappearance of Chris and Lizanne, Part 1. This is the Mysteries of Latin America podcast. Now, before I begin, I need to give credit and thank blogger and YouTuber Scarlett R. from the Netherlands, who for years has taken on the monumental task of compiling information on her own regarding this case. I found and confirmed much of the information and evidence I'll be citing in this podcast with her blogs and videos. At the end of the episode, I'll let you know how you can check out her resources so you can come up with your own ideas. And I'll also link to her blog and YouTube channel in social media posts for the podcast. Also, you might notice that I vary in my pronunciation of place names like Panama and Costa Rica. Usually, and several of you have noticed it and commented on it, I say the name of a place or person correctly in Spanish, like Panama and Costa Rica, but after that I'll use a more anglicized version. That's so more people who don't speak Spanish can understand, and we're all on the same page. The idea is for everyone to be able to understand these podcasts. Now, with respect to any Dutch names spoken in this podcast, out of respect, I'll be doing my best to pronounce them as best I can, but I'll go ahead and apologize in advance for any mistakes in pronunciation. And now, on to the episode. Chris Kremers and Lisanne Fron were two students from the Netherlands who planned to spend some time in the picturesque town of Boquete, Panama, beginning in mid-March of 2014. Boquete, located in the western highlands of Panama and not far from the border with Costa Rica, is a charming town known for its picturesque landscapes and pleasant climate. Nestled among lush coffee plantations and surrounded by misty mountains, Boquete is a haven for people who love the outdoors and hiking, bird watching, and exploring. 21-year-old Chris and 22-year-old Lisanne planned to explore the natural landscapes, but they also wanted to learn Spanish. And they also wanted to do something meaningful for local children of the area by volunteering at a local children's school. The two friends had saved up a long time for this trip, and they'd also collected money to buy children's toys to bring to the children they'd be helping. Chris and Lisanne knew each other from their work in a cafe and restaurant, and they both lived in the same student housing in the city of Utrecht. 
it was to be the adventure of a young person's lifetime. They would leave on March 15, 2014, and their plan was to return home on April 21st, so a little over a month later. On March 15, 2014, Chris and Lizanne began their Central American adventure and flew from Amsterdam to Costa Rica and then went to Panama by bus to a town called Bocas del Toro. Before arriving in their final destination of Boquete on March 29th, the girls went to an island named Isla Colón in the Bocas del Toro archipelago for a little bit of sun and fun. In Bocas del Toro, they enjoyed the beach, food and drinks and dancing. You know, the kind of fun you have when you're young and on vacation. After finally making it to Boquete to start their volunteer job, the girls stayed at the home of a local host family that had housed young travelers like Chris and Lizanne. But as luck would have it, the school where they were supposed to volunteer had no work for them. Dejected, the girls were sent away, and their carefully made plans had taken a severe detour, and the reasons why remained a mystery despite their having confirmed their volunteer positions shortly before arriving. Now, Chris and Lizanne saw about finding another placement, hopefully the following week. Having a little more unexpected free time, Chris and Lizanne decided to explore the area for the next few days and planned some day trips to see what there was to see in and around Boquete. One of these trips was a hike on what is known as El Sendero El Pianista, the Pianista Trail. An often muddy trail, it's a trail where you hike almost 8 kilometers, that's about 5 miles, and where you gain about 600 meters, or almost 2,000 feet in altitude, into Panama's cloud forest with great vantage points and picturesque gorges. Now, one of the interesting points, for me at least, of Chris and Lizanne's story is that it's partially documented in social media posts and texts. The girls posted on Facebook that they'd be walking around Boquete sightseeing, and Chris texted her boyfriend that they'd be going out for a hike on Tuesday. Both girls also kept diaries and took plenty of photos on their phones and camera, and they contacted their families back home via text and WhatsApp messages, phone calls, and Skype calls. These photos, and especially their phones, would come to be crucial elements in putting their story together later on. On Tuesday, April 1st, 2014, about two weeks into their adventure, Chris and Lizanne dressed lightly that day, in shorts and tank tops, and took their backpacks, their phones, and a digital camera, and some water, and maybe some snacks. But it wasn't going to be a long hike, so major supplies weren't needed. And then sometime between 11 a.m. and almost 2 p.m., there are discrepancies and there will be more, the girls took a taxi to the start of the trail and then set out for what should have been a maximum four-hour hike. Later on in an interview with Dutch journalists, local residents said that they told the girls not to venture out into the jungle on their own. They said the girls weren't especially worried as they had a local dog with them from the owners of the restaurant at the start of the trail. Later, the dog's owners said they got suspicious when their dog came back to Boquete later on that same day, but Chris and Lizanne didn't. Back at the home of their host family, the family said they looked around their home for the girls when they didn't come back that night, but gave them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they stayed out, as Boquete does have a bit of a nightlife, and they didn't search for them until the next day. In a conflicting interview, 
The mother in the host family said that she didn't know they'd never made it back Tuesday and left them their breakfast Wednesday morning, figuring they were sleeping in. Kristen Lizanne supposedly had an appointment that Wednesday, April 2nd, for a private tour, but they didn't show up for it. The tour guide went to the host's family house to find the girls, see what happened, but they weren't there. Later that same evening, he and someone from a local language school called Spanish by the River that had helped arrange for their volunteer work in Boquete contacted authorities and the girls' families. Chris Kremers and Lizanne Fron were nowhere to be found. Back in the Netherlands, Lizanne and Chris's families reported their disappearance to Dutch police and to Interpol. On Thursday, April 3rd, Lizanne's Samsung phone tried calling 112, the Dutch equivalent of 911 just before 7 a.m. A little over an hour later, Chris's iPhone tried the same number and a screenshot, maybe accidentally taken, was made during this attempt. That same morning, authorities, local guides, and others reportedly searched the area of the forest on foot without any luck. Sinaproc, Panama's disaster response arm of the government, was notified and planned a large-scale search, but it was initially postponed, waiting for backup from Panama City to arrive. At this point, news of the girls' disappearance had made the news in the Netherlands, and flyers had been posted in and around Boquete looking for them. The search had been conducted on foot at this point, and while the use of helicopters was proposed, weather conditions evidently made their use impossible. By this point, embassies in both countries had become involved. It's worth mentioning that in the meantime, both girls' phones had been powered on and off, and emergency calls were at least attempted from one of them, but the remoteness of the area was working against any success. From here on out, I've grouped days by events key to understanding what happened to Chris and Lizanne. Beginning Friday, April 4, 2014, Sinaproc began their search, searching the Boquete side of the Pianista Trail and other areas popular for hiking, using a helicopter, small planes, and dogs. Thick jungle foliage made it impossible to see anything from the helicopter, though. It might be worthwhile to mention some of the challenges that made searching for Chris and Lisanne very difficult. Weather conditions, visibility in an area called the Cloud Forest, very muddy trails, ravines with steep drop-offs, and thick rainforests severely hampered finding anything in the areas at and around the trail. It's also on this day, April 4th, when family members of Lisanne arrived from the Netherlands to help in the search. Her parents actually stayed behind, but were in close contact with them. In the ensuing days, professional search teams and volunteers combed the area. A reward of $2,500 was offered for information leading to finding the lost women. Dutch police from Colombia joined the efforts, and soon Chris's parents arrived in Boquete. By Sunday, April 13, 2014, Panamanian authorities announced that they were suspending search operations and were now monitoring the situation. Because of the amount of time that had passed, things went from a rescue operation to a recovery and investigation mission, 
and the urgent case was put in the hands of a local district attorney known more for prosecuting criminal offenses than rescue operations. Near the end of April, in nearly a month after Chris and Lizanne's disappearance, the families increased the amount of the reward money from $2,500 to $30,000 in the hopes that someone would have information on what happened to their daughters. This amount was increased to $40,000 by May 13th if the girls were found alive. All the while, authorities and people involved in the search had received and ruled out clues, tips, and objects found while searching as not being relevant. On May 19th, a silent wake and march was held in Boquete with local residents and Lizanne's parents. This same day, authorities from the Netherlands and Panama allowed special Dutch sniffer dogs to fly in to search for the women, noting that the dogs were specially trained to find people, whether they were alive or not, and could track human remains as old as nine months, even if they were at the bottom of a river. Starting on May 27th, the Netherlands brought in a team of highly specialized investigators, whose expertise was in foreign disappearances. This team announced that the girls could simply not have disappeared from the trails. Later, mountain specialists from neighboring Costa Rica joined the efforts, all without significant news. By now, it might be worthy to mention that tips, leads, rumors, and theories had abounded, with stories of two bodies having been reported by a tip where the remains were picked up by radar from a helicopter, to speculation that the girls had been caught up in the illegal organ or human trafficking trade, to kidnapping by a Dutch man in Boquete. For different reasons, these leads were ruled out as false alarms or they went cold. There were also areas not searched by teams from Holland or Panama, either due to conflicts of jurisdiction or the areas were ruled out by the investigations for different reasons or because they were deemed too remote and or too dangerous. One of these areas was an area called Alto Romero. The areas of Alto Romero and an area called Mirador, which in Spanish means lookout point, were crossed off the list of areas to investigate because of poor weather conditions and the dangerous terrain in the area, or that Panamanian authorities decided that Chris and Lizanne would never have gone in those areas. These areas would prove key to finding out what happened to Chris Kremers and Lizanne Fron. Friends, for now, we're going to put a pause button on our podcast, but let's take a moment to summarize what we know to this point. Two young female students from the Netherlands went to Panama in March 2014 for what they planned to be a little over a month's stay in western Panama in the region known as Boquete. When their initial plans to volunteer at a local children's school were thwarted, they opted to go hiking on a local trail for what should have been a short day hike, roughly three and a half hours or so. The girls never made it back to Boquete from this height, and first local authorities, and then Dutch and international authorities, and highly specialized professional and volunteer teams became involved in first their rescue attempts, which later turned to recovery and search missions, all without success by the first week of June, over two months later. Did one or both of the girls have an accident out there alone in the rainforest? Were they able to make contact with anyone by cell phone or text message? Why did Panamanian authorities rule out the area of Alto Romero and Mirador? And finally, 
was there foul play involved in their disappearance? I'll have answers to these questions and more in part two of this podcast, which I'll have up as soon as I can next week. In the meantime, I invite you to check out Scarlett R's blog and YouTube channels, as her immense amount of research, cross-checking, and crowdsourcing of information has led to an immense collection of information on the disappearances of Chris Kremers and Lisanne Fromm. I'll have the links to these on all social media related to this podcast, but if you get a pen and paper handy, you can also write down these links. For Scarlett R's blog page, look up https colon forward slash forward slash k-o-u-d-e-k-a-a-s dot blogspot dot com. That's https colon forward slash forward slash k-o-u-d-e-k-a-a-s dot blogspot dot com. And for her YouTube page, check out https colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com slash at scarlet r dot seven seven five three that's https colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com forward slash at scarlet r dot seven seven five three friends in the next part of this podcast I'll take you through some of the twists and turns in the search and investigation, along with crucial clues and evidence found, theories on their disappearance, and the continued search for truth. Until we meet again for part two, I'm Andrew Colon. Adios. 